this uh, uh, weekend and week. I thought just a great service on Sunday, closing out uh, 2018 and watch night service. Just a great uh, number here, and I had a good time of fellowship and then worship and word and just. And I love church. Enjoy being in church, and uh, it doesn't seem like Wednesday for some reason, but it, it's Wednesday, and here we are. And uh, we're in this we're in this new year, and it's time to get busy. You. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes we think, well, there's 12 whole months we can kind of kind of build up to it. But I, why not just hit it with everything you got from the beginning, and just go into it, uh, believing the word of the Lord, and, and obeying God, and serving Him. And um, there's something said uh, for being intentional and and being busy. Bible says whatever we find to do do it with our might and um, I know this we could preach and teach a lot tonight about what it says about laziness and slothfulness and just a little sleep and a little folding of the hands to sleep uh, I heard brother Everhart quote that scripture so many times he believed in being about the Lord's business and I think that if uh, man you see results when you apply yourself to anything whether it's school, work, working out, losing weight, whatever it is, if you do the work, you get the results. And I told somebody just the other day, I said, if you obey the word, you get the reward. There's this uh, scripture to back that up. And so um, I want to be busy this year. 2019, I want to uh, be busier than I've been before. I, and I'm not just talking about what pastoral duties I'm talking about in my walk with the Lord and what I can do for God I want to make sure that I'm really striving to be better for him and just to see him work I really want to see that happen and so uh, tonight uh, with the help of the Lord just going to maybe give us something that will help us as we go into the new year Um, I want to start out with this uh, scripture before I even get into the I guess the title scripture for it. And I didn't give you this scripture, sis, so don't even worry about it. I'm just going to read it and then because uh, it, it just kind of uh, opens up to, to what I want to talk about. But in Proverbs chapter 3, um, the first six verses, uh, actually, brother, uh, me and I think brother Freddie were talking about one of these scriptures the other night after we'd finished our watch night service. But Um, The writer here said, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. And that's uh, that scripture, that opening scripture there for this chapter. I mean, it it sets up how your life can be successful or not. And he's saying, don't forget my law. There's some some things, like I said, there's some things we... We enjoy serving God. We love praising and we love worship and things like that. And and some people just, they love church. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They love fellowship. They love, but there, there's some things we cannot leave out of living for God. And we cannot forget his law. He said, but let your heart keep my commandments. And then he goes on to say, and so if you do that, you're going to have what's following. For length of days, long life, and peace shall they add to thee. This is what you get from his law and from his commandments. A lot of people say, I don't like the law, 
And I don't like commandments. Don't want nobody telling me what to do. But if you want to have length of days, long life, and peace, he said this is what adds this to you is by remembering the law, keeping the commandments. He said, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. That doesn't mean just uh, let mercy and truth take care of you like God's mercy over you. But you show mercy and you have truth. Don't, don't let these things forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them upon the table of your heart. Uh, so shalt thou find favor, good understanding in the sight of God and man. If you want to uh, be in good standing with God, you're going to have to show mercy and truth. Mm-hmm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. If that's... Uh, that's some of the best advice I can give us as God's people going into a new year. Those six verses of Scripture right there will set you up for success. There's, they're just six verses, but man, they cover anything you want to know about your life. It, it will help you have what we're going to talk about tonight, the will of God in your life. Thank you, Jesus. And that's what I want. I want, I want the will of God. Uh, Actually, tonight, the title of my message or lesson is Finding the Will of God. And so, why don't we just go ahead and pray, and then we'll get, I'll read the rest of my scripture. Lord, tonight, we thank you for your word. Thank you for instruction. Thank you for this book, these words that give us everything we need to know. Lord, we love you for it tonight. Help us to receive this word, to learn, to grow, to be better by it. God, we're going to praise you for all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap for his word tonight. I'm thankful for the word of the Lord. Thankful for him tonight. In Jonah chapter 1, we'll read these first three verses. It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And again, tonight I want to talk about finding the will of God. The first verse here says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Now, I want the will of God in my life. If there's anything I can say, I, I want we, we say it all, I want to be in God's will. When we're talking about that, that phrase, you will hear it in church and talking to brothers and sisters all the time. Well, I want to be in the will of God. I definitely want the will of God in my life. I want the perfect will of God in my life. Uh, There's no better place to be than in the will of God. But the phrase, well, if it's God's will. Now, that phrase right there is, while it's true, it can lead off to a true statement. But those four words, if it's God's will, have been used to keep people frozen in time 
as an excuse to continue running from the will of God or to just continue in flat-out disobedience to the word of God while they're waiting for a lightning bolt from heaven. Well, if it's God's will, and they just keep doing what they're doing. And again, I want the will of God in my life. But what I want us to realize tonight is that the will of God is not as elusive as we make it out to be. The will of God is not as mysterious as we act like it is sometimes. Now, don't get me wrong, I believe in praying about things. Philippians 4 and 6 tells us to be careful for nothing, but in everything, I believe in whatever you're going to do, things you're approaching, I believe prayer and supplication, which is a petition with thanksgiving. He said, let your requests be made known unto God. I believe in prayer. I believe in making requests to God. I believe in fleece before the Lord. I believe in all those things. I believe in fasting and, and falling on my face and crying out to God. I believe in every single one of those things that we make those requests known to God. And I believe in them because it's God's word. I believe in prayer because the Lord says I should pray. I believe in it because it's his word. But let me tell you what else I believe in. I believe that if we look to the word of God, we will find the will of God. Yeah. Sometimes we are looking for the will of God completely out of the word of God. That God is going to do something so tremendous. That way I'll know it's the will of God. When he's already told us what his will is right here in these books. And, uh, you know, here's some life scriptures that deal with God's word. From way back in Israel's time, God spoke to Moses in Israel in Deuteronomy 8 and 3. And at the end of this verse, he said, I'm doing these things that he might make you to know that man does not live by bread only, but by Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. Jesus uh, quotes this passage while he is being tempted in the wilderness. Uh, the enemy is trying, the devil comes to him and is tempting him and is telling him, if you're hun this hungry, if you're the son of God, then turn these bread, command them to be made, these stones to be made into bread. Because you're the son of God, you can do this thing, but that's not the will of God. And Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. My life, your life. This is not just a, a, a neat scripture that I can pull out if I have to face the devil about turning rocks into bread. Because I can just about promise you that's never going to happen. I'm never going to be tempted while I'm out in the woods somewhere. If you're hungry right now, I want you to just turn this stick into a hot dog. It ain't going to happen. I don't have to deal with that. This is letting me know that God's word is a life-giving word, a life-sustaining word. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13, uh, he wraps up in this book saying, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. It's not just about believe God, believe in God, or just have faith in God. You're never going to have a relationship with God without his word. Keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You can believe in God, 
not keep his words, you're doing half of your duty. Psalm 119 and 133, the desire of this writer was, order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. This writer would go on to say that thy word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. It is a light unto my path, a lamp unto my feet. And so if our lives are wrapped up and lived by the word of God, the Bible says we are born again by the word of God. If I am born again by the word of God, then you can guarantee that the will of God for my life is going to be found there. If I live by the word, then the will of God is going to be in the word. And sometimes we're looking so hard somewhere, waiting for some kind of sign, waiting for manna to fall out of the sky or or uh, angel to appear in our bedroom so we can know the will of God when the word is already declaring what the will of God is. Let's go go back to Jonah. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Now, God's not the author of confusion. God says what he says and means what he says. He doesn't mix around with it. The word comes to Jonah, the son of Amittai, and it says, Arise, go to Nineveh. He knows what that means, and he knows where that city's at. The great city, cry against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. The word came, and it was clear, and the will of God was clear. It was God's will for Jonah to get up and go preach to Nineveh. But Jonah rebels, and Jonah runs. Rebellion is natural to men, to people. I'm not just talking about full-out burning churches down kind of rebellion. I'm talking about just to, to do our own thing rebellion because Adam and Eve rebelled in the garden. When you go against God's word, that's rebellion. Disobedience is rebellion. And uh, disobe- hey, rebellion is not born out of ignorance. It's born out of disobedience. They knew, Adam and Eve knew what the will of God was because he said, you can eat of every tree in this garden except one. It was clear. There's only one tree. Well, which one do you think he's talking about? He told them which one he was talking about because when she saw it, she said, no, we cannot. She answered the servant, this is, we're not supposed to eat of this tree. But he sent a, the serpent sent a word to go directly against the will of God. It contradicted God's word, so it contradicted God's will. And so, uh, you know, you don't have to teach a child to, to rebel. Man, it'll come natural. Just leave them alone. You know what you do? <laughs> mama's saying amen back there. Uh, convict, correction is, is teaching uh, our kids, and it drives out teaching and correction uh, and chastening a child uh, will drive out rebellion. Though know, The Scripture tells us to train up a child in the way it will go. Uh, and when it's old, it won't depart from this. It. It's trying to teach this child to walk in a certain way. How do we train him up? We train him up by the word of God so that they won't rebel. But, but you, you mess around and wait till they get too old, and you're going to have problems with that because they have learned. It's natural uh, to learn to do their own thing, to want to do what everybody else is doing. We need to make sure we're training up our children in the way they should go. 
Now, the word of God is clear, so the will of God is clear. And to be honest, it's clearer than we would like to admit sometimes. And because people get in a place where they feel like, well, I can't really discern the will of God, and then that phrase, well, if it's God will, pops up again, and then they just keep waiting and living in disobedience. I can give you an example I've seen as a pastor. Dating. Whether it's a guy or a girl, it's just, here's one, one of the young person, they're in church, and they start dating a young person who is out of church, not just out of church, but don't have no desire for church. Their ideas about dating are completely different than uh, our ideas about dating, because they think that any kind of relationship is okay and permissible and uh you know so they they live a different lifestyle this person they're dating believes in smoking drinking cussing carrying on doing all kind of things but uh they think uh well it's okay and i I, you know I, i really love them and so i'm praying if it's god's will well i can tell you right now if you looked in god's word the will of god would be clear be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers Abstain from the appearance of evil. Let not your good be evil spoken for. Come out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing. I can give you word of God that will show you the will of God when it comes to that area of your life. Well, I love them and, and they say they love me and they say if we love each other then we should be doing this. But that ain't what the Bible says. That ain't what the scripture says. If we would look to the word of God, we'll see the will of God, and our relationships will be right, our lives will be better, we'll be in good standing with God because we're being obedient to his word. I don't doubt that prayer for these situations are needed, absolutely. But we're hoping for a word of God, but fail to look into the word of God. I'm in the altar, oh, begging, praying, crying, God, is he the right one? Is he in church? Does he love God? Well, he's not in church right now. There's your answer. There's the will of God right there. But you're waiting for, you're begging, pleading, crying, but continuing. Well, I'm just waiting. I don't want to let him get away. So while I'm waiting to hear if it's the will of God, I'm going to continue being rebellious, being in the wrong place. Mm 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 mm. That's not where we need to be. In 2019, more than ever before, I want the will of God in my life. And I can tell you something. It's going to be found in this book more than than anywhere else. Because a lot of pressure and expectation gets put on ministers, on preachers and and pastors and evangelists as they're they're preaching. A lot of pressure and expectation gets put on them to to deliver a divine word, to come up and read my mail. When every time he steps in the pulpit on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever it is, he's preaching the will of God for your life. If we would listen. Let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit will never lead you away from the will of God, but it will lead you into all truth. And if we can hear what the Spirit says, Jesus said, the words I speak, they're spirit and they are life. 
if we could just hear what the Spirit is saying, if we could hear what this book is saying, I'm telling you, our lives are going to line up all right. There's nothing wrong and it's not embarrassing. You don't have to be ashamed to say that I live my life by the Word of God. You don't have to apologize by living according to the Creator's book. By living according to God Almighty's word, the Savior of mankind, by living by his, his word is infallible. His word is true. His word is faithful. His word will accomplish what it sets out to accomplish. Why would we look anywhere else but God's word for success in any area of our life? If we want to know the will of God, go to the word of God. It is the will of Colossians 3 and 19 says that it is the will of God for husbands to love their wives. Colossians 3 and 18 says it is the will of God for wives to submit to their husbands. Colossians 3 and 20 says it is the will of God for children to obey their parents. If we want to know the will of God for family, successful family living, look to the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3 says it is the will of God to abstain from sexual immorality. Colossians 1 and 10 says it is God's will for us to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 says it is the will of God for us to give thanks in all things. The will of God is clear if we go to the word of God to find it. But do we want his will no matter what? Do we want his will if it contradicts our desire? Do we want his will if it contradicts our wants? I, I would tell you this, that if we work on our relationship with God and we begin to understand what kind of uh, relationship there is, that, like it says in, in the book of Psalms in chapter 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, do you think a sheep never wants to eat? Sure he does. You think he never wants to drink? Sure he does. It's not that he doesn't want things, but now it's not his wants. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm not going to want my own way. I'm not going to want to do it like I want to do it. I'm not, it's not going to be my will, but his will be done. I'm going to be led by my shepherd. and He will lead me in the green pastures and lead me by the still waters, and he's going to prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You see how by... Following the word of God, you end up being provided for, protected. That's the will of God. We, we, we stick the will of God on some things sometimes that I don't even really believe God's that concerned about. I have had people come to me before, uh, college students mainly, would come to me and say, Pastor, what should I major in? I have no idea. You've heard me say this before. I said, what do you like doing? You want to teach? Major in education. You like numbers? Be a business major. I don't, I don't know. You like drugs? Be a pharmacist. What is it? I don't know. You know, what? Well, I just want the will of God. God doesn't care if you're an accountant or a pharmacist. God cares if you're living by his word. He don't care if you're teaching P.E., or if you're a psychologist, he don't care as long as you're living. Because we need Holy Ghost children of God in every occupation. And so some of these things, it ain't about the will of God. 
What do you feel like doing? You know, if you know that you can't even add two plus two, then the accountant major is not for you. Some things is just common sense and nothing to do with God's will. You know, oh, I really want to do that. You know, we think I want, I want to be a, a doctor or a pharmacist because I want to make all that money. You can't even get up and clean your room and you think you're going to spend all them hours in labs and classes and studying and years. You couldn't hardly wait to graduate from high school and now you want to spend another 10 or 15 years in med- Yeah, come on. That ain't got nothing to do with God's will. God ain't going to make you a doctor. Now, he, if you are headed into that, he might, a lot of prayer might help you through medical school. But listen, don't, don't t- try to tie God's will to things that's not uh, really got anything to do with God's will. We need to uh, make sure we're doing that. So what I'm wondering, do we want his will to be our, uh, do we want his will no matter what, or do we want for our request to be his will? What I'm praying for, God, let, let this be your will. Instead of saying, let your will be done, let that be my will. But what if he knows that won't work? But so many times, we will bypass God to get what we want. And we've learned, everyone in here could probably, if they didn't want to just embarrass themselves, could say, yeah, I've learned that lesson the hard way. Because we have all reached for something that we knew it wasn't really in our best interest. It was not God's will. And we had to find out the hard way when we had to let it go. That it was not God's will. But, you know, I don't want to be like Jonah. Jonah heard the word. He just didn't want to hear it. (laughs) Hey, Jonah, the word of the Lord came to you. You can't pretend you're not home. You can't pretend you didn't hear it. Arise and go preach to Nineveh. He heard that. He just didn't want to hear it, so he fled. He ran. He, he catches a boat to Tarshish. He wants to run and hide. He wants to get away. But let me tell you, but if God's word is forever settled in heaven, then so is his will. Can I tell you that if God calls a man to preach and he ignores it, it does not change the fact that God called him. And he will either be a preacher or he will ignore his calling. Because the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And if God had called me and said, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wanted us to come to Winterville. And if I said, man, there's no way I'm going through all that headache of starting a church. And what if it don't work? And I could have made all the excuses and not done it. Stayed with my job. All these things. I would have been out of God's will. And maybe somebody else would have showed up. I have no idea. But I can tell you what. It would have still, it would have followed me to the end because God called me to this town. I don't want to, let me tell you, you can't run. You can't run from him. In the book of Psalms 139, y'all know this, this scriptures, verse 7 through 10. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. 
If I take wings of the morning, dwell in the othermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. You can, if God, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, if God's omnipresent, His Word's omnipresent. You can't go nowhere and get away from the Word. You can't, uh, let me tell you, uh, 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 Tarshish, Jonah thought Tarshish would save him from God. Just let me get there. Just let me get away. I just want to get away from him. You can't hide. Adam and Eve tried to hide. They could still hear that voice. Where are you? Where are you? You can't hide from God. And you can't hide from his word. Because no matter where you go, it will always be ringing in your ears. God told me to go to Nineveh, not to Tarshish. Jonah thought Tarshish would save him from God. But God saved Jonah from Tarshish. Well, here's, here's the good thing. I'm glad that, that God has saved many of us from places we tried to run and hide to. The Tarshish ain't just about a, a geographical place. Man, a, a, a Tarshish is a place where people go to hide from God. It's where they go to run from God. It's where uh, disobedient people go. That, that's what Tarshish is. And I'm glad that God did not let me ever get to Tarshish because Sometimes people will run so far. It's not that they get away from God, but they run so far that they lose a desire to ever come back. And who knows what would have happened if Jonah had made it to Tarshish. Would there ever been a, a, anybody preaching to Nineveh? Would Nineveh have been destroyed? Would, would God? Because God already had a plan. I'm going to destroy Nineveh. It's coming. Jonah, you're the one that's going to be interceding. You're the one that's going to go and warn them. If, if you don't go warn them, then destruction's coming. Nineveh was great. Nineveh was wicked. It was awful. And God, he was going to do what he was going to do. The will of God for Jonah's life was what God said. Jonah, arise and go to Nineveh. God wants to see his will fulfilled. And he will keep being good to you. He won't give up on you until you finally see the truth that God's will is good for you and God's will is good to you. You'll never be more blessed than obeying God's word. But don't try to rationalize partial obedience because the word of the Lord said, Arise, go to Nineveh. Well, Jonah arose. It says, but he rose up to flee. He got half of it right. But partial obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. That's why the scripture says if you offended one point, you're guilty of all. It's, it's, God wants it all or nothing. And so Jonah rises up. And maybe he thought, that's enough. Maybe I'll just uh, do that. But he didn't go where God wanted him to go. If you rebel against the word of God, then you rebel against God. If you go against his words, you go against him. You can't have him without his word. Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. If you're professing undying love for him, then you're walking in his ways and walking in his commandments. You know, maybe he thought... Hey, you know, people in Tarshish need preaching to. I'll, I'll just go to Tarshish and preach. And maybe there were some people there that need to hear about God. But that's not where he called him to go. 
I'll get somebody else to go to Tarshish. I told you to go to Nineveh. So many times we could find the will of God if we would just look to and listen to the word of God. Isn't it it a lot simpler? Make make people want to pick up one of these bread charts and say, well, I better get in this thing. I better start getting in that word. I better start faith, having faith. You believe having faith is the will of God? I believe it is. Jesus said it out loud, have faith in God. I believe it's the will of God to have faith in God. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the There you go. And sometimes it comes through the preaching of the word of God. God gave uh, a fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints. You know what that means? For us to be complete. In other words, if I'm complete, I'm in his will. If I'm out of his will, I'm incomplete. You can believe that. Something's missing. Something's lacking. But if I am complete, then I am in his will. And I'm going to get there. Even me, even the pastor needs a pastor. Even the pastor needs a preacher. I can't live my life without being preached to. I've got to study and, and let God speak to me. I've got to let other men speak into my life. I've got to have preaching too. So I can grow and so I can be corrected and I can stay on track. Yeah, he, guess what? He, he don't give pastors superpowers that make them just stay saved. If we're going to stay saved, it's going to be by the word. If we're going to stay on track, it's going to be because of the word. I've got to have the word of God. But if I rebel against the word, then I rebel against God. But the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God will keep being good, show mercy every day, love us unconditionally, doing all he can to get us back to his will. He did not give up on Jonah when he jumped in that ship. He's very resourceful. I don't want him to have to cause a storm in my life. I don't want him to have to create a place uh, that I find myself in where I'm crying out. It says that Jonah said, I cried out from the depths of hell. He was in, you think it was neat? I don't think it was neat, regardless what Pinocchio thought about it. I don't believe it was neat being in the belly of a great fish. I don't think it was comfortable. I don't think he was taking a nap. Uh, I think he knew that I am not in a good place, and I'm here because I ran. I'm here because I did not do the will of God. Any prophet would want the will of God, but he was human, and he found there was a time in his life where he just felt like I got to run for whatever reason, but God is very resourceful, and whatever he doesn't have, he'll create. If you won't pray, uh, he'll create you a prayer room. He'll make a place where you'll pray. Let me tell you, Jonah was getting it right. I'm sure he probably lived in fear that that fish was fixing to open his mouth and flood his belly. Maybe he could feel the pressure from the uh, water as he got deeper and deeper in the ocean. I don't know. but And I'm sure it wasn't a whole lot of fun being vomited out onto the beach. But you ain't never seen any man alive as glad to see the sun as Jonah was. I'm telling you, I can't even imagine if we get to ask him. Hey, between you and Lazarus, tight race. God will get you. And as awful as that might sound, I'm glad God don't give up. 
You know, God would rather use who he calls than have to substitute somebody. I believe that. I believe God. I, I think that's why he gave Peter the keys. And he said, listen, Satan desires to have you to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. I don't want to lose you. I, you've got revelation. You've got desire. You've followed me. I see it in you. I've given you the keys. I want to make sure you're the one. But I know that the devil's coming. I know that you're going to be tried and tempted. And I know that you're going to deny me. I know all these things. But I do not want your faith to fail. He did deny him. And he wept and cried. And it was, I'm sure, the most awful night any human. I think probably there's no greater agony that any human has endured. Maybe except for Judas. But for Peter to have grandstanded like he did. And then deny he even knew him. You're holding his keys. What do you mean you don't know him? Mm. That'd be hard to to take. Anyway, I'm glad that God didn't give up on him. And I'm glad that God don't give up on us. But you know what? Peter still had to obey the word of God for it to be the will of God. So all the right things the will of God for our lives, they will present themselves when we obey his word. I believe that uh, the scripture says it, if we are willing and obedient, then we eat the good of the land. Jesus said when people, the, to his disciples teaching them, he said, listen, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I believe God has always, always let us know that the benefits and the blessings, it's not just extra stuff like birthday gifts, like, oh, this is just, wow, man, this is great. I just get all this extra stuff because uh, I, I live for God. No, this is your life. He's providing for your life. This is what takes care of everyday living, the Word of God. He, uh, I know it's, it's the Old Testament, but it's, it's true. The scripture that, that God gave uh, in Deuteronomy 28, I mean, you could read the whole chapter. I'm not going to read the whole chapter because it's just so long, but it's filled with it. But the first two verses, the Lord said, it shall come to pass. It's going to happen. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And he goes on to list things that deal with everyday living. That deal with what they needed to survive day by day. If they will keep his word and keep his commandments, he's going to bless them. And listen, it's the will of God for us to have those things. God doesn't want his people starving to death. He doesn't want his people in the poorhouse. He doesn't want people, I mean, us walking around in rags and, and, and looking, you know, I, I know sometimes it, it may, maybe it's not as bad as it used to be, but, you know, people had this idea that if you was going to be holy, you had to be homely. I just don't believe that. I don't believe you need to try to look like Hollywood, but I do believe that God's people ought to be the ought to be well dressed and well groomed and well manicured. I think they ought to, they ought to clean up and, and, and look good. 
I believe that. I believe that God's people are the most beautiful people on the planet. And I don't believe we need to get outlandish. I've seen that. Uh, but uh, I, I do believe that it's okay to be, to be nice looking. <laughs> hey, you don't have to. Well, I just must just stop before I, before I get going in, in a direction. That I, I can put this in another lesson sometime. But listen, God's word. Let's pray. Let's pray for her right now. Just lift your hands. Let's pray for Sister Jessica right now. Lord, bless her right now. I want you to reach down and give her strength. Touch her, Lord. Whatever this is, just move it right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, help her right now, God. And we praise you for it. I know you're going to do great things, God. Touch her right now, Lord. Bless her and help her in Jesus' name. Glory to God. In the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God's going to take care of it. Don't you worry about it. In that same chapter, in verse 13, the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. That's the will of God for our lives. And how does it come? By doing what he said in his word. It is God's will for us to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. But we don't get that without verse 1 and 2, keeping his commandments, following his word, and he said, if thou hearken to the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or left to go after other gods to serve them, but it will come to pass if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord to observe to do the commandments, statutes which I command you this day. He said, in other words, if you rebel, these curses shall come on you and overtake you. That's out of the will of God. It's not God's will for you to be cursed. But that's what happens if you don't, if you hear the word and then don't obey it. It's still true to them that know much, much will be required. And when we know God's word, we can know God's will. And it's God's will for us to live according to his word. The book of Deuteronomy is full of scripture like this. And uh, let me read this one other one in chapter 10. In verses 12 and 13. And now Israel, God's people. Of course, now we're grafted in. These scriptures apply. What does the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, love him, serve him, or serve the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you this day for your good. God's not given us these commandments to hurt us, to hold us back, to make us a bunch of oddballs. He's given us all these words for our good. You'll eat the good of the land. You'll be above only the head, not the tail. Listen, in some places he goes on and he says that uh, no man will be able to stand before you. He says no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. On and on and on. These are the things that you get by being obedient to God's word. When we live by the word, then the will of God will manifest itself in our life. And we, in Matthew 24, and you can stand with me. We're getting ready to close. I know she's taking care of Sister Jessica. That's fine. We're going to close and, and, and pray and be dismissed with this prayer. But Jesus made a statement in Matthew 24 and 35. 
that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. This word ain't going nowhere. And if I'm going to have eternal life, it's going to come through this word that's eternal. And so uh, if the word don't change, then the will don't change. And I believe it's God's will in this book. You can find it in this book. If we will read it, you know, Psalm, Psalm, the first chapter is such a great, uh, talks about the blessed man. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. It says his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And He's going to be like a tree planted by the rivers. He's, God's going to bless him. It's God's will for us to be blessed, but that comes through obedience and might as well throw it out, strict obedience to God's word. It can't be, yeah, I'll obey it this day and not the next day. You gotta walk. If you're walking and not turning to the left or right, that's strict obedience to the word of God. And people say, well, I don't like that word strict. It just means do what you know you're supposed to do. It's, not, it's like people say, oh, you're strict on your kids. I'm not strict on my kids. I just expect them to do what they know to do. Yeah. We always uh, tell them to do that's not being strict, telling them to be polite, have manners, be moral, be upright, be kind. That's not being strict. That's always telling your kid what to do because I want them to grow up and not be an idiot. I want them to know how to live in this world. I want the best for them, just like God wants the best for us. But you'll never have anything better than what comes from obeying this word. His will for our lives will always be tied to his word. You'll never, you won't find it anywhere else. It'll always be tied to the word. So... To find the will of God, look to the Word of God. So in 2019, while you're seeking out, Lord, what am I supposed to be doing? Where am I? Get in this book. Don't go revival hopping, waiting on somebody to come and read your mail. Read the Word. I believe in being in places where the gifts are in operation, and I believe in men of God that can speak in your life. Thankful every time it happens. But... Many times we've already missed it. It's right here, right here in the Word. Let's lift our hands and pray and, and just ask God to let this Word find its place in our life this year. Lord, we love you and thank you for your Word. And God, we want to always be in your will. So, Lord, help us to, Lord, just live by this Word and to love this Word, to study this Word, and, Lord, to believe this Word. Let us teach this Word as you commanded to our children so that they can walk in your will as well. God, we praise you for it. Thank you for bringing us together tonight and for all that you do. We ask you one more time, Lord, to bless Sister Jessica and touch her tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for being in Bible study tonight.